It's time for the Mark Childress Show on 105.5 The Roar. Sports from a different angle with national guests and exclusive player and coach interviews. And now, Mark Childress. Welcome in to the Mark Childress Show, wherever you might be listening to me tonight. Really appreciate you guys. Show number 35 of 2019. I can't believe there's been 35 of these shows so far, but there have been. Hey, it's going to be a great show tonight. If you're listening in your car right now, if you're listening on the app, maybe you're listening online at theroar.radio, you can head on over to the Roar's Facebook page as well. Uh, we do this show at the Prox Studios in Greenville, South Carolina. You can participate with the show there, see everything that's going on behind the scenes, uh, and see the video side. So we're simulcast both video and audio, and you can check us out uh, either way. Going to be a big show tonight. Uh, Lawton Swan, my good buddy from Clemson Sports Talk, will be joining us right around 725. Haven't had a chance to catch up with uh, Lawton in a while. So excited to, uh, to have him here with us. Also, Mike Vaughn. At Mike V from SC on Twitter, Mike Vaughn is going to be here in studio with me at 7:45 for his final high school football report of the year, the Hitch and Pitch. Uh, Mike went down to all the state uh, championship games in Columbia last Friday and last Saturday. We've got sound bites. Uh, we're going to blow this thing out for the uh, the finale. So if you're a high school football fan at all or a fan of any of the upstate teams that ended up winning the state title, you don't want to miss that at 745. Besides that, phone lines will be open for uh, the majority of the show today if you want to get in. 654-7627. Give me a call. We can talk uh, football. Uh, tons of college football, of course, to talk about. Uh, plenty to unpack with the playoff announcements. Heisman race uh, on the college side. We'll also be talking some NFL. Interested in uh, what your thoughts are on how the playoffs are stacking out in the NFL or anything else that may be on your mind. Uh, don't hesitate to get in. Again, 654-7627. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Childress Mark. Well, Faxon Childress is uh, producing the show here in studio in Greenville. Back at Mission Control, it's Alex Wisnett. Alex, man, what's going on with you? Not much, man. I'm just trying to trying to run my way through yet another Patriot scandal. So it's it's been a fun week so far. Yeah, that's actually an interesting place to start tonight. So uh, the Patriots evidently did some videoing of the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals without telling the NFL. And, of course, uh, this goes back to some video scandal very early on in the Patriots' dynasty years. Alex, you're a big Patriots fan, so uh, figuring this is going to be viewed at through a different lens than I'm viewing it. So uh, what are your thoughts on what's going down with the Patriots? Mark? Like most Patriots scandals that we have seen through the years, this one is pretty murky with the amount of information that is out there. We don't totally know what was and what wasn't being filmed. It's a lot of allegedly's and reportedly's being thrown out there, yep. which is always fun. But I am compelled to believe that the Patriots have done something wrong. Not egregious, not something that they should lose traffics or get wins taken away or whatever. You know, The Bengals should automatically be given a win or whatever. But something that they probably knew shouldn't have been done. The Patriots, especially Bill Belichick, they have an acute sense of the NFL's rules, both on the field and, I think, off the field. So I think this this scandal is yet another example of a Patri the Patriots, who are a really smart organization, doing something that's not so smart, which is very confusing. Um, now, I don't know how much the football personnel people, what little involvement they have with the videoing uh, were, obviously, the story is is that it was being filmed for some sort of documentary. So yep. Belichick, I can't imagine Belichick personally has any sort of involvement with that because anything that's not football, he doesn't give, he doesn't he doesn't care about 
whatsoever. So I, th- I think this is uh, the scandal. Obviously, we're going to learn more. I think in, in the coming days and weeks. Uh, so it's it's very interesting. Very interesting to see what comes out. Yeah, so uh, according to the Patriots now, the advanced scout in the press box that was there for the Bengals' uh, loss to the Browns was being filmed for a series they were doing on, a, on their employees for their team's website. But a Bengals team employee said he saw one of the videographers filming Cincinnati's sideline for the entire first quarter. That's not a good look at all, Alex, especially when you go back to 2007 and Spygate and everything that went down with that. So I'm always a firm believer in these things where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, this seems to be a pretty big deal, and the NFL seems to be making a decent-sized deal out of it. Not saying it was intentional, but with your past track record, right, it looks really, really bad. It does. Yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah, and especially with the Patriots, yeah, like you just mentioned, with their track record of doing things that are pretty shady, um, I, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's definitely cause for concern. Now, the question is, is if this had been a, another team, if this had been, Let's just look like the Arizona Cardinals. This has been the Cardinals filming, filming a potential opponent. Uh, yep. would, would would that change things? Or on the flip side, if it was a different opponent, you know, if the if the Patriots were filming, I don't know, the Ravens. Which honestly, given how they played against the Ravens, they kind of they may they may have needed some some advanced scouting. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm I'm curious I'm curious about those two kind of aspects of the conversation. Yeah, and you know, with uh, all the stuff that's been coming out in the postseason in baseball about the Houston Astros, are they stealing signs using video and then signaling their players by making noises, you know, beating on the dugouts and things like that? There seems to be some legs to that, and the Houston Astros could be getting in big-time trouble. You've got to think with the amount of money invested in winning games at this level that there's got to be some kind of shenanigans going on. I'm not saying that they're as blatant as they were here, but again, a horrible look for the New England Patriots and uh It'll be interesting to watch going forward. And since we're already chatting, Pats, uh, what have you guys lost, three of your last four now? And New England's really starting to look shaky coming down the stretch. Yes, they are They are reeling. Now, I, I don't remember any team winning a championship after they've lost two in a row. Oh, wait a minute. The Patriots did that last year after losing <laughs> two consecutive games. One of those being the go. Miami Miracle, which is always fun to go back and relive. So this team is by no means done. We, sh- we shouldn't pack it into the season and just close down the stadium and say it's over. But I think there is, more than other years, I think there is cause for concern, particularly because, as we've mentioned before, there's no Gronk. Gronkowski, yep. as, as, we, as we know, is not walking through that door. And he did, obviously, so much for that team, both obviously in the past game. He was a phenomenal pass catcher, one of the best pass catching tight ends, certainly I've seen in my lifetime, and also a phenomenal run blocker. Maybe the best run blocker, dare I say, this side of, of prime Jason Witten. Um, so I, he was he was a phenomenal force, and then we you know, the Patriots haven't had a fullback in well basically the entire year, and the, the fullback is such an important part of the Patriots' run game. That's obviously affected uh, Sony Michelle's output or lack thereof. So this offense is it's it's frankly it's hard to watch. It's a little bit like how Georgia's offense was for this entire year. Uh, sorry, Georgia fans, but I feel like I you know, felt compelled to bring that up. Uh, but it's I don't know how this offense gets solved. Honestly, yep. Brady doesn't have those those playmakers to throw to. Edelman's going to be there, but Edelman's not the kind of playmaker that, he, that you can throw. You know, he's not T. Higgins where you, where you could throw him a you know a forty yard fly pattern and you know he's going to catch it. He's just not that guy. Uh, so news certainly not like that. And then the the rookies, you know, Myers and Harry are still trying to learn the system, and Brady just doesn't trust him, and he, with good reason because sometimes, especially Myers, can't catch the football in crucial moments on on third and long and such. So the the defense. The defense is fine. It'll 
and it'll always be a pretty solid unit. But I, yeah, I, I don't know how this how this offense gets fixed, honestly. Yeah, some bad calls going against uh, the Patriots as well. A very clear fumble uh, late in the ball game that would have been a scoop and score uh, got called back. And uh, a lot of folks out there, including me, I, I feel like New England's been the beneficiary of a bunch of calls over the years. You win some, you lose some, and uh, it's been happening more and more frequently in the NFL this year. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. So the Pats now at ten and three, Buffalo Bills right behind them at nine and four. You got the Baltimore Ravens who appear to now have the inside track on the uh, number one record. And home field advantage throughout the AFC now at 11 and two. That's that's essentially a two game lead on the Patriots since the Ravens beat the Patriots a couple of weeks ago. So if the Ravens win two of their last three, they're going to have home field advantage for uh, the entire playoffs. You got Kansas City Chiefs winning the West at nine and four, and then you've got the craziness of the AFC South with the Texans and the Titans both in there at eight and five, and they'll be squaring off this weekend. So you know a lot more about that. So uh, plenty going on over on the NFL side. Uh, plus uh, some interesting news breaking today on the college football. Side. If you haven't heard about it yet, Chad Morris, who got fired, what, about six weeks ago uh, at Arkansas as the head coach there, uh, has been named as the offensive coordinator at Auburn. He'll be rejoining his buddy Gus Malzahn. Um, Gus and, uh, you know, and him go way back together. have had a relationship for years. I think that's a good pairing. I think that's a good home for Chad. Uh, a lot of folks had been uh, talking about uh, maybe Chad going to South Carolina. Could J- Chad possibly be going to Georgia? Of course, Mike Bobo's at South Carolina now. Georgia hasn't made a change on their offensive coordinator front yet, but you got a feeling that it's probably coming pretty soon. So I'm bullish on Chad Morris to Auburn. Seems like the right place for him. Uh, it gets Gus Malzahn out of the play-calling business, which seems to be, I don't know, when, when Clemson played Auburn those uh, two back-to-back years a couple of years ago, I know Gus was calling a lot of plays then, man. It just seemed like pulling teeth from him and uh, all kinds of weirdness and, uh, and strange stuff. So, Alex, I don't know about you, but I'm very bullish on Chad Morris to Auburn. I feel like it's a good and safe place for him to land. Yeah, I think that's a very solid hire. And, of course, Chad Morris is being paired with his old Clemson coordinator buddy, Kevin Steele. I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm reliving the uh, the Orange Bowl days. Yeah, uh, the moment we got destroyed by Virginia, West Virginia. So we won't we won't get into that. But yeah, I yeah. Think, why'd you even bring that up? Why'd you even I, bring that I, up? But I, keep going. I, I don't know. I'm just a glutton for pain, apparently. Uh, so it, I think that's an excellent hire uh, by by Auburn. I think that's sort of the natural fit for Chad Morris. And I know Gus Gus to his to his everlasting credit loves doing the offensive play calling. But I think at some point the guy just needs a break. It seems like an incredibly stressful job, especially when you're you know, calling plays against teams like LSU and Alabama every year. So I think for Malzahn's sake and for Chad Morris's sake, I think I think this is a this is a great move. Yeah, I think so as well. And I also think uh, I was a little bit surprised Mike Bobo to South Carolina. I think that's a good move for them as well. Bobo had some decent success at uh, in Georgia. I know the Georgia fan base wasn't a huge fan of Bobo late in his tenure, some of his play calling inside the red zone and things like that. But uh, I think that's a good fit uh, and an interesting fit as well. You, you almost feel like it could be a one-year tour of duty uh, for him at South Carolina, especially if things don't go well for the Gamecocks again this season. But I think Bobo can modernize that uh, that offense for um, for South Carolina and definitely take them a better step in the right direction. Also, uh, the news breaking this week, Jake Bentley, of course, was at South Carolina uh, for the last uh, few seasons and will be headed to Utah. And he made the decision very quickly. You know, Utah right on the cusp of making the college football playoffs this year. In fact, I think if they would have won their game this past weekend, uh, especially with Oklahoma struggling to beat Baylor, I think there's a very good chance Utah could have gotten into the college football playoff. Um, they're going to have a lot of defensive returning starters next year. You've got 
got a great coach there as well. And hey, man, love Jake Bentley or hate him. I'm guessing most of you folks that are listening don't have a love, a lot of love for Jake Bentley. But he's got an NFL caliber, an NFL caliber arm. Um, I always felt like that his head got in the way a little bit with some of his decision making. But he's going to have a uh, a very good coach who has uh, coached some great quarterbacks over the years. And uh, I think Bentley's got a, a chance of being successful out there. And that's about as far away as you can get from the SEC and as you can get from the University of South Carolina as possible. And for Jake, I think that's a, a great thing. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Mark. Yeah, I think if, if, if Bentley was wanting to sort of separate himself from, from South Carolina, really the culture of football in the Southeast, uh, which can be which means somewhat love and somewhat hate. Uh, I think I think Bentley made made a great decision because Utah Utah is really obviously, as we've seen this season, is a is a program on the rise, and I think Bentley will is is in one of the best spots for him career development wise. Yeah, I think so as well. So that's kind of uh, some of the breaking news from college football today. And, of course, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this during the show. I'm already seeing some people jump in on the Roar's Facebook page uh, with some comments, asking me my thoughts on uh, the Heisman Trophy. Oh, I've got some. We're going to get into that. Uh, talk a little bit more in depth about the college football playoffs as well. Uh, we will be chatting about that. I, I think it's a good uh, matchup for the Tigers. I've got some thoughts on uh, Ryan Day and his reactions uh, during the show and some of the feedback that he had uh, coming out of that. And we'll also be touching on some of the bowl games today. And if you did not know, the Mellow Mania Bowl Bash is tomorrow night, Wednesday night, from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. It's at Mellow Mushroom in Clemson. So if you're in that area, come on out and see us. We'll have just about all the personalities from the radio station. We'll be chatting through uh, all the college football playoff matchups, the bowl matchups. We'll be doing some picks, going really deep on analysis. Um, I'll be hosting it tomorrow evening, so my goal is to make fun of and trip up the other people on the panel as much as possible. You know how I roll, right? Um, I'm going to dust off some of their preseason predictions and stuff like that. But it uh, should be a fun show tomorrow night for uh, the Mellow Mania Bowl Bash. So if you can be there in person, it's at Mellow Mushroom in Clemson. If not, definitely you want to listen uh, to the broadcast on there. And uh, in the Pick'em Contest this year, got a chance to win free pizza for a year. That's awesome. Who would possibly turn down free pizza for a year? So you want to be a part of it and uh, try to get some of the inside analysis uh, coming out early on that. All right, let me tell you about my, uh, my good friends at George Coleman Ford. Nearly 90 years in business for the folks at George Coleman, founded in 1930. Think about that. 2020 will be their 90th year of business, now in their fourth generation. Never any added or hidden fees when you buy from George Coleman Ford. The price is the price, right? If you've gone to buy a car before, you see the price on the sticker, you're waiting to see uh, what the paperwork looks like, and when they come out, there's all these hidden fees, dock fees, all this other stuff. George Coleman Ford doesn't have any added or hidden fees, so you don't have to worry about it. The price is the price. Also, almost all the the staff, sales, service, parts, they've been with the Coleman family for many years. So people, a lot of return business at George Coleman Ford. People will buy one car, they'll come back five, four, six years later, buy another car from them because it's the same people that they dealt with the last time they were there. And there are people that come from hours away to get their car service at George Coleman Ford because it's like family out there. They've been having their car serviced by the same people for years, and they want to keep on continuing doing that. Cars cost less and traveler's rest. Go to georgecolemanford.com as well if you're looking for a pre-owned car. All right, coming up next segments, we're going to have my good friend Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk on board. We'll be chatting about uh, the Tigers matchup with Ohio State in the college football playoffs, some of the awards that have been coming out uh, going to Clemson players and some not going to Clemson players. All that and more coming up 
This is the Mark Childress Show. Hey Tigers, this is Taj Boyd with Lakeside Lodge Clemson. This holiday season, we remember how blessed we are to have the support of our Clemson family. We can't wait to welcome you to our luxury condo hotel. You've never experienced Clemson quite like this. As we prepare to open our doors, we want to say thank you. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to seeing you at Lakeside Lodge for game day, late day, or any day. Come see us at 906 Tiger Boulevard next to Ruby Tuesday or online at lakesidelodgeclemson.com. Happy holidays and go Tigers. Most demolition projects throughout the upstate generate large sums of concrete waste. When demolition waste enters the S.H. Carter Recycling Facility, it's sorted, processed, and turned into materials that are both eco-friendly and cost-effective. Recycled crusher run, fill dirt, screen topsoil, mulch, and 3-inch surge stone are all available for purchase. Visit shcarterinc.com or call for more information. 864-295-3943. That's 864-295-3943. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code RADIO to activate the offer. That's promo code RADIO to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. You work hard for your money, and Realtor Rivers Whitmire is here to work hard for you. He knows that buying or selling a home or property is a big decision that needs guidance, experience, and knowledge from an expert in the real estate field. Rivers is a local who has deep roots in the upstate and a proud Clemson fan. Whether you're ready to buy, sell, or just have real estate questions, call Rivers today at 864-752-5545 and check out his Facebook page at Rivers Whitmire Realtor today. The Vault in downtown Greenville has the coolest retro fan apparel. Throwback gear from over 200 teams, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and over 100 NCAA teams. Local gear from the Greenville Drive and Swamp Rabbits, as well as defunct teams like the Greenville Braves. You'll find something you'll love at The Vault. Learn more at vaultretrosports.com and find us on Facebook and Instagram. Call 864-373-9163. The Vault, 213 North Main Street in downtown Greenville. Crude LED display signs and virtual scoreboards offer peak performance with programmable, full-color, vivid LED screens at an affordable price. With multiple sizes available and carrying a five-year warranty, Crude LED displays allow you to create your own custom message that is certain to resonate with your audience. Your business, church, or school can afford a multifunctional LED display sign. Let Crude LED show you how. K-R-U-T-LED.com or call 401-8156. 
And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. to the Mark Childress Show, college football talk, NFL talk this evening. If you want to jump on the phones, uh, 654-7627, you're welcome to join us. Uh, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor here for the Mark Childress Show, my good friends at S.H. Carter. If you've got a construction project that you're working on at your house, maybe your office, uh, your neighborhood, definitely give our friends at S.H. Carter a look before you make any of your decisions around that project. They've got demolition services, recycling services for all the leftover stuff you have from your big projects. You can also rent one of their roll-off containers or dumpsters uh, to help you with the trash on that project as well. Give them a call, 864-295-3943, or go to shcarterinc.com. And if you call them, be sure and ask for my good buddy Steve, uh, Steve Carter over there, taking care of business like always. All right, let's go to the Northland Communication phone lines. My good buddy Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton, my man, what's going on? Mark, I'm doing great, man. Glad to be back on with you guys. Yeah, it's been a while since uh, since we chatted. Uh, there's about a million different things that I want to ask you about. Uh, let's start with a matchup, of course, between Clemson and Ohio State. What's kind of your instant reaction as you're starting to learn more about the Buckeyes and uh, get your head around what this game will look like in a couple of weeks? I think all season long, these two teams have been the most complete teams on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And You know, when you're kind of looking at the matchups, I think that LSU's defense, to me, is very vulnerable. I mean, they gave up 38 points to Vanderbilt. You've seen them improve over the past few weekends, but I really think they've got some deficiencies on that side of the ball that Ohio State and Clemson don't currently have. I don't know if this game is the de facto national championship by any means. I don't think you can put it past Joe Burrow and LSU's offense if they manage to get to the title game of just rolling over for anybody. But I really do feel like the winner of this Ohio State-Clemson game is going to be the favorite for the national championship. And I think it's because on both sides of the ball, they are just so solid, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, both leagues, the ACC and the Big Ten, certainly have their question marks about the depth of talent across the board. But I do think that this is the two marquee teams in the country in 2019 squaring off. What will be interesting to me would be how would Clemson be perceived today, Mark, had they beaten North Carolina by 21 points? You know, if they'd steamrolled everybody, point. would they be the number one team in the country? I don't know, but I think that it would have been a, a, you know, an interesting argument to watch play out. Hanging out with Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk. You can follow him on Twitter, at Clemson Sports, or go to ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Um, Lawton, one of the things that jumps out to me, especially when you're looking at LSU and Ohio State, is the lack of playoff experience from the coaching staff. I know Ohio State has some coaches that have been in some of the previous games. Of course, that was a blowout loss to Clemson. But I think it's a huge advantage for Dabo and his staff. This is the fifth straight year they've been there. This is really the first rodeo for LSU, and in this instance this staff at Ohio State what do you make of that am I making too much of it I think it's a huge advantage no I don't think so because you've got that preparation for this first game that then leads into the second game uh, obviously the, the the time frame this year uh, so big with the 28th and then the 13th of January being the national championship so it may not matter as much but you know I think Clemson in that first title game back in 2015 felt like they had tired legs coming out of that one and to some degree, that was because they weren't quite sure 
how you go about preparing for a matchup like this with, uh, you know, the two timelines that you're going to be dealing with over the next month or so. But uh, just kind of keep your eye on that, I think. But no doubt about it, I think Clemson's, uh, their experience from the coaching staff, from every player essentially on the roster outside of the freshmen, have had that opportunity to be in games like this, to be in the college football playoffs. They know the media buzz. They know what goes around. You know, and, and surrounds all of that. Now, again, these are major programs with LSU, Oklahoma, and Ohio State being in the mix. But uh, the Clemson Tigers, absolutely, uh, not only are they the most experienced, but if you look at the history of the college football playoff now, they've been ranked in the top four more than Alabama. They've been ranked in the top four 29 weeks. They're the most prolific team in the, the college football playoff era at this point, uh, just given all the numbers, really. And especially if they can win two more here and win three titles to go against Alabama's two, it it may have already been a changing of the guard in college football, but it would definitely represent that. So uh, continuing to hang out with Lawton Swan from uh, Clemson Sports Talk. Follow him on Twitter at Clemson Sports. Okay, Justin Fields, running QB, might have a knee that's giving him a little bit of problem. You've got J.K. Dobbins, one of the best backs in the country. Do you see the running game being a bigger thing that uh, Clemson will focus on stopping or trying to stop? Uh, the aerial attack, which Ohio State's been so great at this year as well. You know, it's it's funny because Brent Venables' defense has had its issues this year with the downfield passing game, but they've been able to shore that up traditionally after maybe the first quarter. They kind of got hit in the mouth a little bit uh, this past Saturday by Virginia. You saw the same thing a couple of times in that North Carolina game. Now, I think that that'll kind of be that chess match that everybody will want to watch to see how Brent Venables plays this. What maybe makes me most nervous about it is Justin Fields and his ability, as you mentioned, to, to you know maybe if the pocket breaks down, to make some plays. But the good news is I think that Bryce Perkins is a similar player. So yes. Clemson's seen a little bit of that to some degree, and they should be well prepared. But this is a very talented uh, Ohio State offense. There's no questioning that front. And I just think that at the end of the day, guys like Isaiah Simmons, you know, Tanner Muse has got to be a little bit more disciplined on the back end. Uh, but, but, but Coach Venable said after the game, look, we put, we put Muse in some bad spots. And certainly, you know, that's a part of the problem. But nonetheless, I, I think that, yeah, if I'm Brent Venables and I'm going after it, I'm hoping I'm entrusting my back end, that good secondary to protect over the top of the deep ball and really looking to limit what Justin Fields does on the ground. Yeah, and I know that Virginia came out with all kinds of new uh, wrinkles, right? Venables talked about that after the game. They put a bunch of stuff out there they hadn't seen on film all season long, and it took Clemson a little while to adjust to it. But as usual, once they kind of cracked the code on what uh, they were up against, they basically shut Virginia down after those first two drives of the game, right? After that, there wasn't a whole lot. So it'll be interesting to see how things come out and do that. Also, uh, continuing with Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk, you know, Ohio State has not looked good at all in the first half of their last two games, right? They were obviously behind 21-7 to to Wisconsin. Didn't have a very strong first half against what seems to be a pretty mediocre Michigan team. Ohio State's got to figure out a way to come out strong because that Clemson offense right now is clicking on a level that you're just wondering how often they can be stopped, right? And if you're Ohio State and you get down 14-3 or 17-7 to Clemson in the first half, you're in big trouble. Yeah, you don't feel like you're going to get back in that one like you did against Wisconsin just simply because Clemson's going to be able to answer, I think, everything that you do offensively. Uh, right now, Trevor Lawrence and that offense really clicking. Uh, you, you saw, I think, a, a concerted effort in the ACC championship game to target Justin Ross and T. Higgins and really get the ball in the playmaker's hands. And I can only imagine what they'll do 
uh, moving forward with maybe some sets where you see more you know more talent like Ngata and Ladson in the mix with those other two wideouts and you know you you, you kind of watch Braden Galloway and, and what having a, a legitimate threat at tight end might bring to the table in these final game or two games for the Tigers if they're fortunate enough uh, that just adds a, another level this offensive arsenal and and for crying out loud number nine back there behind uh Trevor Lawrence is not bad at all. Travis Etienne, goodness gracious. Uh, if there's anybody that probably should have been snubbed from the Heisman Trophy Award and, and brought in this weekend, wouldn't he be the guy? I mean, the kid yeah. averaged 8.1 yards per touch. Can you imagine if he got the ball as much as Chuba Hubbard and some of these other running backs, what kind of numbers uh, Etienne would put up? It'd be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be uh, it would be ridiculous. Uh, again, hanging out with uh, Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk. Check him out on Twitter at Clemson Sports or go to ClemsonSportsTalk.com. That was kind of leading. You walked me right into my next question, Lawton, as you tend to do. Fresh legs, I think, is super important, right? You talk about Braden Galloway has been sitting on the shelf all season. You talk about the fact that Travis Etienne, I'm guessing, is 250. I should have looked before I started this. 200 carries or so behind uh, what J.K. Dobbins has done so far this season. You just wonder, and I feel like especially last year in the college football playoffs, Clemson was so fresh, so rested coming into those games. I just don't know how you can withstand, you know, four quarters of the starters. And again, really, those teams last year, Notre Dame and Alabama, couldn't withstand three quarters of the starters because the games were over by then. Yeah, look, he's at 1,500 yards right now in the season, and uh, under 50 yards away from becoming the all-time leading rusher in Clemson history, passing Raymond Priester, and he's done it on so few carries. I mean, that's what's really been mind-blowing. Traditionally, when you talk about running backs and, and carries, their average is going to dwindle down. You know, it's gonna it's going to descend. That's just mathematics. That's the principles of how it works. Uh, his don't. You know, against AP top 25 teams. I was looking earlier today. He's averaging 12.2 yards per carry. I mean, he is a ridiculous football player with the ball in his hands, and, and he just adds that extra ump to this offense. And really, just when you think he's having a slow day, you know, even against Virginia, he's not, not doing too much. All of a sudden, boom, he hits you, and he's, he's off to the races for a big carry. So uh, he is a, a huge asset for Clemson. And once you're worn down in the second half, it doesn't hurt to have the speed of Lynn J. Dixon coming off the bench either for the Tigers. No, what a uh, what a one-two punch. Uh, starting to wrap things up with Lawton Swan. Hey, Lawton, I want to talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence a little bit. Uh, you know, numbers-wise, really over the last six, seven ball games, he's been the best quarterback in the country. No turnovers at all. Uh, very efficient, uh, both with the long balls, also with the check-down routes. And I see all the Heisman stuff come out this week. There's four quarterbacks in the college football playoffs. Three of them are Heisman finalists. And Trevor Lawrence is sitting over here, not a Heisman finalist. And I just... You know, again, more fuel to the fire for motivation, but I just shake my head and say, what does this kid got to do to get more attention nationally? You know, I know he had the early interceptions, but uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, has either 13 or 14 turnovers for the season. Trevor Lawrence has eight. But if you hear any of these national pundits, they're not going to mention Jalen Hurts' turnovers one time, and they're going to mention all the interceptions that Trevor Lawrence has been throwing. It's been eight or I think seven or eight weeks since he's thrown one. It's really an odd uh, dynamic going on. It really is, and he's just been so efficient. And he, again, like you can, he doesn't play a whole lot. He gets to the second half, maybe a drive or two, and they get him out of there. So, I mean, the numbers that he could have put up would be unbelievable. I think Dabo Sweeney 
said it best, you know, watch the draft. And obviously Trevor Lawrence isn't available to go out this year, and, and that comment was made more about Travis Etienne and the Dope Walker Award. But believe you me, if Trevor Lawrence could come out today, I don't care what Joe Burrow's done, done this year. <laughs> the big number 16 for the Clemson Tigers with the blonde hair flowing out the back, that guy would be the number one pick in the NFL draft. So they can have the Heisman Trophy Awards. They can do all that. This is a team-oriented ball club. And as a matter of fact, I think it's more than that. I mean, they, they really are like a family. I asked Isaiah Simmons after the game, what is it about this Clemson team that, that you know that makes you guys different? you got offensive guys, defensive guys, your best friends. He said, look, we're not, we're not teammates. That we're we're you know we're brothers we're family and and I think they really buy into that and I think it, it just you know rolls off their shoulders when they're snubbed from these awards. Could Lawrence be there? Should ETN be there? Absolutely, they're two of the best players in the country. The fact that they're not, like you said though, Mark, and I think you're right, will only add fuel to their fire heading into the college football playoffs. You know, Travis or uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't the most emotional guy when he's in the press conferences, right? I know you've interviewed him a ton of times, but I've noticed this little smirk that he's had the last couple of weeks when people are asking him about the Heisman, asking him about the postseason. Hey, why are you not getting the attention that the others are getting? His emotions doesn't don't change at all, but he's got this little smirk on his face, which makes me feel like he's just kind of saying, hey, guys, just wait. You'll see. You'll see. Have you seen yeah. that, too? Yeah, he feels good. He feels good he does. about what he's got around him. He's, he's very confident. And it's not an overconfidence or an arrogance. It's a, I think he's satisfied that you know he knows what he's got to deal with. Look, can Clemson get beat by Ohio State? Can Clemson lose to uh, LSU or Oklahoma in the national championship if they're fortunate enough to get there? Absolutely. But there is no reason to believe that the Tigers aren't the best team. And that's the, I've been saying it. I've been saying it all year. People don't want to hear it. But that's why Vegas not only would have Clemson favored in this matchup against Ohio State, but they're going to be a four-point favorite or more against LSU potentially in their own backyard if they're fortunate enough to get there. They're still considered, by the people that make money doing this, the best team in college football. And people have forgotten that, I think. Yeah, and you know, Dabo's been telling you for weeks, you know, he's been saying things like, this might be the most complete team I've had since I've been here. This might be the best offense I've had since I've been here. Dabo doesn't say things uh, not intentionally, right? I mean, he definitely thinks that the Tigers are ready to go here and uh, and finish the, finish the job, I guess, in the college football playoffs. All right, Lawton Swan, Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton, uh, what kind of uh, stuff have you got planned over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com between now and the college football playoffs in a couple weeks? Obviously, we've got some stuff coming up real quick from our good buddy Sanders Sullivan on, you know, some five key storylines heading into the college football playoff. Uh, the news out, out of Clemson with Jeff Scott making his move down to South Florida, how that'll impact the team. And then, oh, man, the recruiting, uh, the early sign appears about to happen. So it's a busy time over on the website and with the radio show. But it's certainly a lot of fun. I do want to clarify one thing. I'm not saying that Clemson is going to win the national title. Those teams can beat them. But there is a reason that Vegas has some favor. Yeah, no, no, I uh, I totally get that. So, uh, again, Lawton Swan, ClemsonSportsTalk.com, at Clemson Sports on Twitter. Lawton, I could talk to you literally for like six consecutive segments. I appreciate uh, all the time you've taken for me in uh, 2019. And have yourself a Merry Christmas and uh, help bring those Tigers home a title, okay? Hey, Bart, you do the same, man. Always great to be on with you guys in the upstate. 
Awesome. Uh, Lawton Swan, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Fantastic content there. And uh, Lawton's just such a super guy and always uh, very giving of his time. All right, let me tell you about uh, my good buddy Rivers Whitmire, a realtor with J.W. Martin Real Estate. He focuses on Lake Hartwell and Lake Kiwi. In fact, he sold a couple of uh, homes on Lake Kiwi just a couple of weeks ago. But he can help you anywhere in the upstate of South Carolina. So if you're looking to buy a home, sell your home, maybe you've got some questions about the market, when's the right time to list my house, any type of questions along those lines, reach out to my good friend Rivers Whitmire. He's at 864-752-5545. You can also follow him on Facebook at Rivers Whitmire dash realtor. Again, Rivers Whitmire, 864-752-5545. All right, coming up next segments, the hitch and pitch, the final high school football report of 2019. My good friend Mike Vaughn is sitting just outside a camera shot right here and will be joining me on set uh, here for the final segment of the first hour. This is the Mark Childress Show. every time. When a hailstorm hits, there's an increase of people who want to take your money for roof repairs. Problem is, many of them are just trying to take advantage of you and don't really know what they're doing. Gillstrap Roofing has been around for decades. Trust Gillstrap Roofing to handle the repairs and deal with the insurance. Just because someone knocks on your door with a card that says they're a roofer doesn't mean they'll do quality work at a reasonable price. Call Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. Claus took the health dare. No, really. Roger took the health dare and had to resign his role as Santa this year because he lost so much belly fat. He reversed his symptoms of type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, and high blood pressure, got off all his medications in 90 days. Don't get stuck playing Santa. Every inch of belly fat is years on your life. Let the health dare team take care of you this year so you can take care of your family. Buy one program, get one 50% off. Go to idareme.com. That's idareme.com. I dare you. Oh, oh, O'Reilly. This is Wesley's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. When I'm just getting off work, there's only so many hours left in the day. So I definitely don't want to spend all my time waiting in line for car parts. With O'Reilly, I can buy the parts I need online and pick them up on my way home. It's so quick and easy, I don't have to worry about losing daylight to get my car up and running. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code RADIO to activate the offer. That's promo code RADIO to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. 
S.H. Carter Development is a licensed, full-service demolition contractor here to serve the upstate. With 50 years of experience in residential, industrial, and commercial building demolition, their staff meets deadlines while maintaining strict safety requirements. Before you start your demolition project, contact S.H. Carter for a free project estimate. Their staff will guide you through pre-project planning and scheduling, site preparation, dismantling, and asset recovery. Visit shcarterinc.com or call 864-295-3943. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. Lemu, when we're not telling people that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, I've actually been moonlighting as a DJ. Check it! Here's the good part! Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. My Garage by Essex, the go-to place for vehicle maintenance. Whether it's your newer or older vehicle, we even repair those old classics of your grandparents that need some major maintenance or repairs to keep them going like the old days. We are professionals that perform high-quality worksmanship with high-quality parts. Please stop in to see us at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Or give us a call at 864-633-5800. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Show. Good college football talk in the last segment with Lawton Swan. You can go to the Roar or just go to Roar.radio and uh, you can check out the Mark Childress Show podcast if you want to go back and listen to that in case you just got in your car and missed it. So Mark Childress here with my good buddy Mike Vaughn. It's the final high school football report of the season. So Mike has been coming on every uh, Monday or every Tuesday here on the show at right around 745 all season long. We've been chatting out uh, everything going on with uh, with high school football. You went down to all the state championship games in Columbia last weekend and you got all kinds of uh, stuff for us here. So I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let you start with 2A. What went down with Saluda? Well, first of all, Mari, I appreciate the roar uh, sending me down to the state yeah, championships. Yeah, it was so much fun. 2A Friday night was at Benedict College. Okay. The 2A and the 1A games were both at Benedict College. They've got the brand new turf field there. It's a beautiful facility. And the Saluda Panthers rolled it up on Barnwell. It was Saluda from the gate. They opened up a 20 to zero lead in the first quarter. And I tell you what, Coach Stuart Young had the Panthers ready to go. The big story for this night was quarterback Noah Bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an outstanding young man. What a great leader for his team. Just to give you some of the stats, Mark, he was uh, he passed for 372 yards, cool. 25 out of 29, did have one interception. I think he got hit right before that. Mm-hmm. But just a great story. And, and one of the things that I like to look for, Martin, knowing that we were 
are going to be reporting right on the wire as these games were going. I was looking for some of the behind-the-scenes stories. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, what a beautiful embrace with Noah Bell, the quarterback, and his dad, Wayne Bell, immediately following this win. Coach Wayne Bell used to be the head coach at Saluda. And so to know that these two men have worked so hard to see the Saluda Tigers come to a victory, um, Coach Young talked about how it's been all the way since 1963, since Saluda has won a state championship. And Coach Young was asked what this means to the Saluda community and the Tigers players. These guys have been battle-tested. These guys have been through it all, all year. We had a, a little down stretch. We lost two games back-to-back. They never doubted. They never flinched. We said we're going to start having some fun. We're having some fun tonight, baby. You want your quarterback tonight? My quarterback's a warrior. My quarterback's a warrior. Quarterback's a warrior, and it means a ton for the community. And you can hear the excitement from the Tigers fans. They had the stadium packed. They estimated over 10,000 packed into Johnson Stadium there at Benedict College. Um, Coach went on to interrupt the interview to say, hey, can I go sing the alma mater with my team? It was was a beautiful night. Moving on to the 1A, um, I didn't give you the final score there. Saluda. Won 39 to 14 for the 2A state championship. Congrats. Now Congrats. moving on to the 1A. Mm-hmm. We had at 8 o'clock p.m. that same stadium that same night, Ridge Spring Mineta. Do you know where Ridge Spring Mineta is? I have no idea. So think about where Aiken <laughs> County, Lexington County, Saluda County, and maybe even Edgefield sneaks in there too. All those counties come together, and right there is the communities of Ridge Spring and Mineta. They're facing up against Green Sea Floyds. Both of these teams' mascots are the Trojans. So the PA announcer kept yelling out, it's a Trojan war all through the night. Green C. Floyds pulled off a huge victory here, 48-12. to So Ridge Spring Mineta, the upper state team, goes away as runners-up. Coach Brian Smith learned just, just a few weeks before this season started that he was going to be the head coach, and to think that he got his first-year team into the state championship, a big accomplishment for both of these teams. Nice. Nice. Well, what about... Uh so the big one, I think, or, or the one that everyone was looking the most forward to or the most eyes were on had to be the Saturday noon game between Dorman and Dutch Fork. It was a huge venue. We move over to williams Bryce on Saturday at noon. Dorman comes in after um, falling just one point shy of beating Dutch Fork two years ago. This was a rematch from 2017. This one goes all the way to the wire, Mark, and nice. into overtime. Uh, Coach Tom Knotts, is his uh, Silver Foxes, and the Dorman Cavaliers under Coach David Gutshaw, they went back and forth. Um, Dutch Fork got off to a 14-7 to lead, but Dorman comes right back. And the, the score at half is 14-21 uh, with, uh, let's see, who's leading at that? I'm sorry, at the half it was 14-14. to Nice. Dorman okay. gets the touchdown coming into the third quarter to take their first lead. But it's back and forth, some defensive struggles there at the end of the game, and we end up in a 28-28 to tie. What a, what a game. Dutch yeah. Fort wins the toss, gets to defer, so Dorman has to take the ball first in overtime. They're not able to get it in the end zone. They do get the field goal behind kicker Omar Khan, but... 
you just had this feeling that with Dutch Fork's success going for their fourth straight state title, that they're going to have a chance to get it in the end zone. And sure enough, quarterback Ty Olenchuk throws the fade to Jalen Hyatt in the corner of the end zone, and the fans explode as Dutch Fork wins this one in a nail-biter 34-31. to uh, Got to say, I mean, I can't say enough about quarterback Hayden Lee for Dorman. He got beat up all afternoon long, really hung in there and kept leading his team. Also, the story for me in this game was the linebacker for Dorman, Cade Bowyer. I don't know if, if folks will know much about Cade, but his dad, Reed Bowyer, works for FCA and went through a, a uh, situation with brain cancer this past summer. Didn't even know that he'd get to see his son play this year. Son leads his team on defense. Cade in the last three games has had blocked punts, intercepted pass, led his team in tackles. Just a great story for this team to make it, but I know the Cavaliers are, are disappointed that they fall three points short in this one. Dutch Fort wins the 5A state championship 34-31. to Nice job. Okay, so 3A, of course we had our uh, local boys from Chapman taking on Dillon and this was an afternoon this was the very next game right in that's exactly right okay it was scheduled for 330 but gets backed up because the 5a game went into overtime Ah, of course so (laughs) so all the Chapman and Dillon fans were anxious anxiously waiting the 3a matchup between the Chapman Panthers, yes, almost okay. missed it there, and the Dillon Wildcats. Chapman comes away with this one. Um, again, a record-setting offense this year behind quarterback Michaeli Colaserta. Now, I heard the name uh, 50 times on on Saturday, so I really practiced hard. Yeah, Michaeli Colaserta. Let's go, um, This This quarterback is unbelievable and I want to tell you a neat story about a wide receiver for the Panthers in just a minute. But first let's hear from Coach Hodge a media member right after Coach Hodge uh, talks to his team a media media member rolls off a bunch of stats and says Coach, this may have been the best offense in South Carolina State history. What do you have to say about that? The best offense in state history and you beat Dylan today. How do you feel about it? God's amazing, isn't he? He put together a lot of great people in the same place at the same time. Um, Great coaches, great community, but he he created a bunch of great football players, and we just blessed to be able to to coach him. I'm so proud of him. So you're, you're probably right. If not the best, one of the best offenses ever in the history of South Carolina. This was a team every week when you were doing your reports where I was like, how are they scoring this many points in a short high school football game? That's exactly right. And Coach said the goal was to have the zero at the end of the record, and that's what they accomplished. Nice. A perfect season behind quarterback Michaeli Colaserta threw for 232 yards, was 15 of 20, um, even came out for a curtain call in the fourth quarter, and they, they were able to get a backup quarterback in the game. But one of the greatest stories of this game, Mark, and I didn't even know about this young man going in. Um, I want to give a special thanks to Jed Blackwell with the Spartanburg Herald Journal. He let me know more about this after the game. But wide receiver Ethan Cawthon, number 85, who's in the 
autism spectrum. Um, right at the end of the game, I go over to try to catch some footage of Coach um, Hodge, Coach Mark Hodge, getting the Gatorade bath. Mm-hmm. But what I see instead is Coach Hodge has a young man that doesn't really look like a football player, but he's got his pads on. They get him in for a play at wide receiver. Oh, that's awesome. And the Chapman faithful go crazy. I learned later that a lot of folks were using a hashtag, let Ethan get in the game. They were they were trying to create a groundswell. Not that Coach Hodge was going to see it, but man, what a great thing for the Chapman family to see this young man get in the game. And, and I can't say enough about Coach Hodge. Uh, one of the things that really impressed me as his team's gathering at the end, he said, make sure you turn and give Dylan the respect that they deserve by earning here, uh, earning their, their place here in this state championship. And he had his team turn around and watch their presentation before they received their own trophy. So a big shout out as the Chapman Panthers win 44 to 14 over Dylan. Great stuff. And then the uh, final game, of course, is Wren taking on Myrtle Beach, who's been a proverbial powerhouse here the last couple of seasons in 4A. What you got from that? Well, obviously this one hits a little bit closer to home for most of the upstate fans that are also fans of the Roar. Coach Jeff Tate, a long time, a lot of people will call him a lifer coach uh, for Wren. Uh, what an accomplishment to get his team here for their first appearance. They defeat Myrtle Beach 35-23. to This one kind of went back and forth. Uh, the halftime score for this one was 21-7, to but Myrtle Beach comes back, and I'm sorry, I, I got my notes wrong there. The halftime score was 28-17, to but Myrtle Beach comes back and scores to come within five points late in this game. And the fourth quarter was just this defensive battle. Finally, Wren pulls it together and gets an interception, number 20, Harrison Morgan, to seal the deal. Here's some of the stats for you. Quarterback Joe Owens for Wren throws for 306 yards, um, only one turnover, which was a, a fumble. The total yards on offense were pretty even. Myrtle Beach actually had more yards, 452 total offensive yards versus Wren's 418. Xavier Knox for Myrtle Beach, big game for him. 163 yards with a big 83-yard touchdown Ooh. rush. Logan Simmons for Wren, and also the two big wide receivers for Wren. Tyler Cherry had 115. Eli Wilson with 66. Those two guys split up the, uh, the touchdown duties. But I can't say enough about Coach Tate. Let's take a listen. This is what Coach Tate had to say when he was interviewed by the TV media. Something that you really could not have written the script for or even planned out. It was, you know, good Lord above was watching over us to keep us healthy. And I'm just so thankful that I have a chance to be a part of this tonight and in this season. Coach, you made history tonight. First time ever for this school. What are you feeling right now? Those young men that played football made history. These guys are the ones who sacrificed, who worked, who were so committed. Those were the guys who, who fought tooth and nail to get us here. And the hard part's getting here. It's difficult to get here. And they, they're they tough kids. They proven all along that they're resilient. And again, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can say, but sometimes you, you, know, you just feel like it's your year. And we felt like all along that we had a chance if we could just stay healthy and get here and, and have a chance to compete and Thank God they did. How are you celebrating tonight, Coach? I'm going back to our stadium with my family, with my friends, our alumni, 
so that we can all celebrate and do this together. Thanks so much, Coach. I gotta talk to my wife, excuse me. <laughs> He thanks his wife at the end, too. He had to get that in. With a big kiss. Yeah, there you go. That, that's perfect. So, uh, Wren 35, Myrtle Beach 23. Hey, man, fantastic stuff that you did all season for uh, what we, you know, call the hitch and pitch now. It's been a great pleasure. Hey, you've done a great job. And you got to follow Mike on Twitter, at Mike V from SC. Man, I enjoyed it. Uh, of course, I had a crazy weekend trying to keep up with all things Clemson, especially on Saturday. Just following your Twitter account, I could see what was going on. You're posting plays and interviews and all that stuff. It was awesome, man. Uh, Mark, we, uh, I've got a pinned post with all of the hashtags for each game if folks want to go back and pick out their team. Yeah, that's fantastic. So again, it's Mike Vaughn, at Mike V from SC, as High School Football Report. We call it the Hitch and Pitch. We'll bring you back in uh, 2020. Thanks for supporting high school athletics, Mark. We How about that, man? It. There's been all kinds of great stuff all year, uh, year long. So thanks so much for everything that you did. This was uh, definitely one of the highlights. Well, hey, uh, coming up, uh, second hour of the Mark Childress Show. College football talk continues. We're going to chat a little bit of NFL. There have been a ton of comments coming in in the Facebook comments asking me about the Heisman, asking me about the matchup with Ohio State. We'll be checking the boxes on all of those. So join me for hour two coming up. This is the Mark Childress Show. Safe at home plate in the Priority One Security Studio.